All right, folks, for the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch uh, all of our old shows at survivalistpodcast.org and on soundcloud.com slash survivalistpodcast. And, well, we're all fine. Podcasts are available. Also, too, folks, if you want to, a couple people have asked, if you want to donate, uh, if you go to soundcloud.com, uh, com slash survivalist podcast uh there is a spot there where you can click and you can donate uh some people have asked where can they uh give donations to keep the show going keep it free uh that's where you can do it uh you don't have to but uh, if you can a few bucks would help pay for hosting and uh pay for uh the you know, keeping the the company on the website and some of the other little expenses that go along with the podcast available uh also folks want to point out our sponsor this week uh, over at uh, Pete and Pedro, uh, PeteandPedro.com. Uh, they're nice enough to send us a, uh, a nose and ear hair trimmer this week to promote on the show. Uh, they also sell all products, all all aimed towards men. Uh, they sell hair products. They sell beard products. Uh, they sell all different kinds of stuff over at Pete and Pedro. You can find the link in the show notes. If you do, we get the credit for it. But uh, like I said, they sent me this wonderful nose and hair trimmer to uh, talk about here. Uh, it's actually USB chargeable, so it actually saves the environment. Uh, it's waterproof. Uh, you have cleanable head. Uh, it's quiet. It lasts a long time. I charged it and I once and I've used it a bunch of times and it still hasn't... Uh, I still haven't had to recharge it, so it's really wonderful. Uh, it's a three-in-one trimmer. Like I said, it's it's got a replaceable blade head, uh, cuts easily, safely. Um, hasn't nicked my nose or anything like that. Uh, like I said, it's USB rechargeable. Um, it's quiet. Like I said, on a full charge, you get like three. Four, I got like I think it's can last like three four hours on it. Uh, but that's Pete and Pedro. The link will be in the show notes. And like I said, they sent us the, the nose and ear trimmer this week to try. That's a wonderful product. We appreciate uh, their support of the show. And like I said. Uh, if you use the link in the show notes, we get some credit for it, but uh, they were nice enough to send us a bunch of free products to try. Um, have used their their hair, their uh, shampoo. Uh, it actually is really nice. It smells really nice. It's not like a typical guy product that's really, you know, sometimes guy products are kind of crappy, but um, it actually is kind of a nice product and all that. So I do appreciate that and their support of the show and sponsoring today's episode. We don't have a whole lot of sponsors on this show, as you know, uh, so we appreciate uh, that and then appreciate them working with us and so we can get uh, you know get some sponsors for the show and like I said if you use the link in the show notes um, we get the credit for us uh, for all percentage of any of the uh, purchases you guys do so we appreciate that uh, so folks I'm on my uh, mobile rig here today um, and like I said I think I brought this up to you the last time it's a little uh, DR05X that I got uh, from Tascom let me tell you folks if you uh if you're ever interested in starting a podcast for like a hundred bucks, you can get this with the sound card. No, like it's, it's like a cheap way to get you into podcasting or uh, even if you want to record any interviews or record, uh, if you're, I know my friend of mine, the reason why I bring this up, a friend of mine just got one of these and I said, Oh, you're getting into podcasting. And I guess his son bought one, um, so he could record his lectures at college and stuff like that. So a uh, really neat little device. Uh, I know a couple of musicians as well that use it to record little things that they're working on stuff like that. Uh, it's a cheap way to get you into a good recorder. It does sound recorder uh, better than the... The recorder sounds better, I think, than the than using your, your Apple device or anything like that. So, 
so uh, a couple of things, folks. Uh, happy New Year's. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Uh, it's a couple of weeks off. I uh, haven't seen Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, as you guys know, I do have rental properties, and uh, we had some we have some repairs and a lot of that kind of stuff going on right now. Um, just because people move out from the new year, people move in uh, before people can move in. We got some repairs to do, so my wife and I have been uh, kind of working on that, and also my maintenance guy has been helping me out with that. So we got a lot going on with that stuff. Uh, so I did take two week. It did take some time off between Christmas and New Year's because uh, we were working on the rentals and and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, anybody, if anybody has any uh, any New Year's resolutions, uh, feel free to go ahead and uh, let me know what they are. I'm really curious. Uh, I know everybody. Uh, my mother-in-law. I know she doesn't listen, but if she does, she's a, she said she was going to quit smoking. Uh, it's the third day of uh, January, and this is being recorded. And I know she already smoked a cigarette already. So, um, you know, if your New Year's resolutions, try to make them. Try to make it obtainable. Uh, I know it's not easy to quit smoking. It's definitely not easy to lose weight. I know that. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where resolutions are great. But if, you, if you're not going to make it, then why bother, you know? <laughs> but uh, like I said, so one of the things, too, about the new year, uh, obviously today, I'm not going to talk a ton of politics today because there's not really much going on. Um, as far as that stuff goes right now, uh, the house is uh, stuck in the this deadlock right now as I'm recording this. Uh, you need 218 votes to be uh, majority speaker, and uh, they're just not, uh, the Republicans just couldn't get it done, so they're going to have to have another ballot. Uh, I think the 2 o'clock they were going to vote again, but I don't think it passed. But uh, historic, uh, first time in 100 years they're going to have to have more than one ballot. Uh, to be able to pick the uh, the republic to pick the speaker, so uh, regardless of Republican or Democrat, so I'm watching that right now. I don't really care to be honest with who wins it. Uh, Pelosi's obviously stepped down, and and she you know she had a pretty long run, but now we're probably Republican for a while, and you know it's it's one of those things where it, it's unbelievable. You know they they stuck together so well during the Trump administration and all that stuff and now everybody's fighting and, and all that and uh, you know the part the party is split again like it was in the 90s and you know it's just one of those things where you know it's gonna t- it, nothing's gonna get done until you know they, they nothing can be done they can't do any house uh, any kind of any bills or any kind of work until they pick a speaker so now we'll be stuck with this now for a while maybe I don't know a couple days maybe they get it done by the end of the day I don't know but at least a day or two and kind of stinks you know our, our tax money that's being wasted with these people that just can't make decisions again we're in a we're in a world right now we're just in, in at least in America where uh, the system just uh, just doesn't work and it's it's quite unfortunate because it's the only people that's suffering are you and me that's why we we do our best to uh, you know try to be more prepared and and you know just uh, try to you know and try to try to grit through, try to you know grunt through it. Speaking of that, uh, a couple things since I was off over the break and I wasn't podcasting, I did do a little bit of gaming. Uh, but you, I, I hope you guys got on with me. Um, I do play uh, PUBG quite a bit. 
Um, I like a lot of those army games. I do play Call of Duty a little bit, stuff like that. So um, a couple of you guys have messaged me um, on our social media platform, rebelsocial.media. Uh, uh, like I said, join up there. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You get to interact with a lot of us there. It's a lot of fun. We're a good group. And uh, a lot of you guys were interacting with me on there, and we got on, and we were playing PUBG and stuff like that. So um, I did do a little gaming. But over the over the break... Uh, my wife and I got to uh, got to really take in some some Netflix content we've been wanting to watch. Uh, I watched that uh, that WikiLeaks uh, documentary, which I knew I kind of lived through it, but uh, I hadn't really gotten really into the nuts and bolts of what happened with that. And uh, kind of really ridiculous the way way everything happened with that. Uh, Julian Assange uh, had. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's definitely not a saint, but a lot of what he did and a lot of what he went through uh, really was, uh, you know, when WikiLeaks released all those all those documents about the war and stuff like that, uh, what he actually had to endure was a little bit ridiculous. You know, I mean, he's the one, yes, the WikiLeaks is the one that leaked it, but I mean, the New York Times and the Guardian and, and a bunch of other news publications uh, were right along with him uh, doing that stuff, and, and I don't understand why WikiLeaks ate the brunt of that. Um, I Maybe it's because they're the ones that leaked it, but uh, that whole thing with Bradley Manning, I just, I don't understand why um, why WikiLeaks really got the tail end of that when when you really think about it they were New York Times and all those other people were just as guilty as, as WikiLeaks because they published it and they went through all that stuff and and all that and then obviously there was um, you know some redacting that had to happen I know WikiLeaks did some did, didn't redact some stuff that should have been redacted and I know they had stuff that they just weren't prepared to deal with as a small small company or a small whatever you want to call them but uh, you know, it's it, it's just I don't understand why why they got the brunt of it, um, and and I do believe, and a lot of people think that oh they leak classified information, but um, if they didn't leak it, and if Eric, uh, Snowden didn't leak what he leaked, we wouldn't know what we know now, uh, knowing that you know the America and stuff like that were you know going against the Geneva Convention with uh, some of the stuff they were doing, the way America was uh, just just handling the war very poorly, uh, the finances, how much America was getting ripped off by these outside companies and and there was just so much um that got released that uh us as americans didn't know was going on and uh quite you know it's a shame i mean war is is never a good thing but uh it's unbelievable to find out what actually when you when you actually see what was going on behind the scenes um you know it it really is um you know, quite a shame, and they really dig deep into the cables and and into all the stuff that uh, that WikiLeaks released about the uh, the Afghan and and the um, Iraq War, and uh, it just really was unbelievable what was going on. And politicians had absolutely, um, you know, they just they didn't have to be, you know, they didn't get chastised for it. They didn't, you know, they didn't have to. I mean, nothing. It was just they get to do. They got to do what they want. They were like unchecked power at that time because everything that happened. And it just was a real shame when you when you really watch the whole series. It's called uh, "We Steal Secrets" by WikiLeaks. It's it's well over two and a half hours long. But uh, I think if you're anybody that's like me that wants to kind of see, you know, kind of see behind the scenes, it was a really great documentary, and I really recommend watching it. Obviously, Assange, uh, still sitting in prison, waiting to be extradited. Um, he actually, I don't know if he ever will. He might just sit in prison for the rest of his life. Um, I don't know. There's just so much going on with that. And, um, 
you know, and if he does get extradited to the U.S., he, he I, who knows what's going to happen to him. He may not make it to trial with everything he knows. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, I did watch it. Like I said, it's on Netflix. It's worth watching, uh, especially if you want to know behind the scenes what kind of happened with it and how WikiLeaks actually kind of came up and, and what they actually did. And, and I don't know. Like I said, I've, I mean, I think, I mean, the, yes, they released confidential information, but in a way, too, I think if they didn't, uh, we wouldn't have known. Well, we always knew the government was corrupt, but we really knew. I mean, it's just like anything that released, uh, even the, what was it, the 70s or the 80s, when they released the, uh, all that stuff about the war that happened over in, um, in Korea and all that kind of stuff. I think it was Korea and Vietnam. They released both. I think it was, I know it was Vietnam, but I think it was Korea as well, so... Uh, all that stuff and you know it's just one of those things where uh, you know I think America needs to know it's our tax money these are people that we vote in they're supposed to be working for us and and I think that while yes it's dangerous to release confidential information and redacting does need to happen or information that could hurt somebody does need to be redacted I think it's good for the government I think it's good for the people to know um, what exactly is going on with their government sorry about that my phone was uh, was ringing but, um, you know, like I said, it's a good documentary. Watch it um, if you have time. Like I said, it's about two and a half hours, but it, it does really give you a lot of information. And they really go into the documents and what's going on. And, and one of the things I didn't realize is, as somebody who is a, con, you know, is a content creator, but I've, I've never created, you know, anything like that. But um, interesting part about this, they had said that WikiLeaks first started doing their leaks, uh, one of the things they had a problem with was they would dump, you know, these these, these 10,000 pages. This is all before uh, the Afghanistan stuff when they were doing the early leaks, like in Europe. And one of the things that WikiLeaks was finding was that you couldn't just... And one of the reasons why they partnered with The Guardian and New York Times and a handful of other uh, organ- news organizations was because what they found was that just dumping information on a website... Um, even though it's, it's, you know, confidential stuff and people will want to read it, uh, either A, people don't understand all the legal jargon or they don't, people can, won't, aren't going to sit there and, you know, you know, skim, you know, skim through 10,000 files, you know. So that's one of the reasons why WikiLeaks teamed up with The Guardian, The New York Times and all that was because, um, you know, they found out that you really, in order to release that stuff, you need experienced journalists to uh, guide people through this stuff because a lot of it is is very you know uh, technical, very legal jargon, and and sometimes the people that just that it's just very difficult for people to, to you know somebody's not going to sit there and read all ten thousand documents or all eleven thousand documents. You need you know journalists to to summarize it in you know in maybe eight. 12- pages, um, you know, or, you know, or, or as it just goes up there and, and it, nobody's ever going to read it or, or just a small group will, but they might not read the whole thing and it's just very dangerous. So, um, better to have somebody to have journalists summarize it and say, okay, well, if you want to read more about this, you know, click here or go here or, you know, or check out this or check, you know, and really cite stuff and, and kind of like write a report because it's just, it's too much information. For, for for a lot of people to sit and have to read, where a journalist has you know all day to do it, and, and it's their job to make sure that it's done properly. So uh, it was a really interesting documentary. Like I said, I really recommend you watching it. Uh, also, over the break, a couple things I wanted to bring up. 
Uh, obviously, the the legendary uh, Barbara Walters passed away. Uh, ninety, I think she was ninety ninety some odd years old. Uh, she had a wonderful career in broadcasting. Uh, she interviewed the who's who of anybody, and uh, it's just uh, kind of sad to see her go. Uh, for those of you that are wrestling fans. Uh, Don West, the legendary announcer, Don West passed away. Uh, he was a legend in wrestling, legend in radio, podcasting. Uh, passed away. He had lymphoma of the brain, and unfortunately, he just didn't make it. It's very tough. Um, he passed away over the break. Quite a few people passed away over the break. Uh, there was him, and then there was uh, somebody else that passed away. Unfortunately, I, I did, their name escapes me, but I, I, there was somebody else that passed away over the break. But uh, those are the two two big ones that I remember, and you know it's like I said, it, it, you know anytime, you know this time of year happens, you always hear about this stuff. Sometimes the families, you know, release it, and um, you know Barbara's family released it. I know um, if you're actually interested, folks, in Barbara Walters at all, um, I don't know if any of you are, but if you do and you you have uh, well, you have YouTube, it's on, you can find it on there. But uh, or if you have Sirius XM, uh, Howard Stern did a, a whole in-depth interview with Barbara. Uh, a couple years ago, um, I think about her book that she had came out with, talking about her. She had a sister um, who, who I guess had who had, had mental illness, and then she had um, kind of a tough upbringing, and 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 all. I mean, she really went into depth. And uh, Bar- he uh, Stern had a great, I think, hour, I think almost two hour interview with her. Hour and a half. It was really great. And I listened to it the other day. You can find that on YouTube. If not, you can find the whole thing on SiriusXM if you have the app. And uh, really listening to to her and, and, and what she went through and why she never had any children and and what her feelings were on having children and and how it, it was the whole thing was really great. Stern, you know, a lot of people don't think of Howard Stern as a great interview, and I really didn't for a lot of years either. But uh, looking back now, I you know he really is. Uh, the last couple of years, the, the show's changed. It's not what it used to be. Um, but the interviews that he does are great, and uh, even though the antics, uh, you know, maybe aren't what they used to be, and funny like these be, but uh, he still puts on a good show, and uh, and he still does great interviews at his age. And I think that's something that a lot of people really forget is that he did, uh, you know, he really does a great interview, and and I remember as well him staying on the air uh, during 9/11 and everything that happened during 9/11. And him staying on the air for that and, and kind of having people call into the show and, and trying to get information out to the people because, um, especially during, during his era, people don't realize this too, uh, during 9-11, and I don't, um, you know, I, I know 9-11 can be a very touchy thing, so I, I do warn you if you have, you know, I'm gonna, you know, if you have any trigger warnings or anything like that, you know, please, be, you know, don't be, you know, go ahead and, and stop listening if you have to, but, um, you know, one of the things during 9/11 was uh, Stern had such a such, was such a powerhouse in the radio at that time. Uh, they had run a lot of other radio stations off the air, and Stern almost had to stay on the air because uh, he was had so many listeners, so many people, especially in that New York area, which is kind of the audience that made him and he catered to. Um, he really had to stay on the air because so I mean he had run a lot of other radio stations off the air because they you know wanted a bit they could compete with him and he had no choice but to actually you know stay on the air and and really kind of keep kind of keep people informed of the news and kind of what was going on that day. Um, I remember myself uh, the day of 9/11. Obviously, I was at school, but uh, I do remember when it happened. 
uh, Regis Philbin, uh, obviously the legend um, himself, he was on with Kelly Ripa. And uh, if you watch... Uh, Regis, uh, such a veteran broadcaster. I mean, yes, he did a goofy morning show uh, for from you know from from nine to ten or whatever. But when you really watch him, how he handled the the whole nine eleven thing with the with the uh, you know with the, with the first plane and and going back and forth to it during the broadcast and and having to really stay calm and collected on the air. Then when the second plane hit. Um, you know him, him. Just the way he handled it, uh, such a veteran and and such a you know a guy that really uh, you know Eric really was underrated. Who could have been a, a great newscaster if you wanted to, but choose to get choose to go kind of a different way in his broadcast career. Uh, same thing with Stern. When you really listen to Stern on the air that day, I remember being a, I remember listening to him and and him just totally. Uh, it's just so calm. It's just like, like I don't want to say calm and cool, but uh, the way Stern handled it of getting just just knowing, you know, so many people newscasters were freaking out and scrambling and and, and didn't know what to say, and, and Stern was able to really, you know, you think of him as a goofy morning show that you know you know that that had always put these crazy antics, uh, and then we see him when in a real situation where he has to be that guy. Uh, was able to to really get the news out. Uh, his, his team kept giving him news information, uh, kept the people updated, and all that, and and really did a job that he normally doesn't do. Uh, normally, you know, he he's not one to stay, you know, to, to deliver news like that. But he had really had no choice, and and he did it. And 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 you could just tell how great of a broadcaster he really was as well. Uh, a lot of people stepped up on that day, nine eleven. But, um, you know, him and, and especially Regis. And I remember David Letterman uh, going back on the air uh, like four or five days after 9-11. They were telling people to go back to work, go back to work, go back to work, uh, go, you know, go back in the air. And Letterman, Letterman had uh, basically, I mean, all the flights were grounded for a while. So uh, Letterman had people like Regis filming on and stuff like that. And, and especially Regis uh, going on Letterman. Uh, you know, the, one of the things that a lot of people were afraid about was was if people go on these talk shows the first night back, they're going to get, you know, I don't want to say nasty, but they're going to get blowback from people for, oh, going on the air after 9-11 and some of that. And, and I mean, Regis went on and, and he had so much popularity at the time with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and his morning show and, and all that. And he was doing a radio show, I think, too, at that time. And, and he was able to go on there and, and kind of like if, if people were upset, and he would take the blowback and, and respond back in a professional manner. I mean, he was really a veteran broadcaster for the time. And I think 9-11, even though it was late in his life and late in his career, uh, really handled that like a, like a true pro. Um, that I don't think you would have ever seen if something like that didn't happen. And while it's not a good thing, I really think it really showed uh, some of these people, while they, maybe they are just late night hosts or they are just morning radio people or morning afternoon, you know, morning TV people, uh, how they really handled that situation. Um, no, none of us had ever lived through anything like that before, and you really didn't know how to handle that. And um, you know, those guys were so great um, and, and kind of guiding you through it. And and just you know, and, you know the horrible thing that hopefully will never happen again. But um, it was just such such a you know I, I never want to know September 11th, but um, you know September 12th, the day after 9/11 was um, 
you know, people were more united than than will ever be. And it's really hard now, especially with uh, people that are much younger that didn't live through 9-11. Um, and I know you hate to be the old guy now, but I'm not really that old. Uh, pushing 40, but not that old. But uh, you tell people that how, how torn apart the country was and how 9-11 united us. Um, you look at the way things are now and, you know, just the political spectrum alone and, and all the, you know, the stuff going on in the world. It's unbelievable to think how united we were at a time when the country was so far apart. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just crazy to think about it now. It really is. But I just wanted to talk about that because um, there is a couple things. There is some other documentaries up on... Uh, like I said, up on Netflix that I've watched, uh, they do have the, uh, the 9-11 documentary up there, which I remember most of it. Um, they do have some footage I don't remember seeing as a kid. When I was a kid, I was a teenager. Um, and I do remember, by the way, being being 17 when it all happened, and I remember a lot of my friends and I were talking about enlisting into service um, because of it, and uh, I never did. Uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I never did personally. I just... I didn't enlist, enlist in the service, but a lot of my buddies did, and a lot of my friends went uh, pretty early for training because of the war going to break out, and, uh, you know, what it did, a lot of my buddies were, were boots on the ground. Uh, I'm from the generation, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of guys talk about being drafted for World War II or Vietnam. Uh, I do remember, I wasn't a draft, but I do remember a lot of my buddies being recruited for uh, the Afghanistan war. Uh, obviously, the Gulf War was way way ahead of that. Um, those are you know a little bit. Those guys are a little bit older than I am, and uh, you know it's, it's unbelievable. Every almost every generation has a war, and uh, like I said, I do remember the Afghanistan one, and that's one of the things that I, I do want to talk about is that the Republicans today that if they can finally whoever is House Speaker is supposed to do an investigation of how we pulled out of Iraq. Um, they want to investigate the COVID thing. Uh, they want to investigate the. They want to investigate the, the the administration, which I think this is a lot of this stuff's a waste of money. I would like them to investigate the the Afghanistan pull, the, how we pulled out of Afghanistan, just how messed up it was, and get the real truth about that. That I actually would like to hear about. Uh, but they're going to investigate the Hunter Biden laptop, which I think is a, just a waste of time. Um, I do think they're going to investigate that whole BS with um, with the Biden administration, which I don't think they're going to find much of anything, if I'm being honest with you. The COVID thing they want to investigate. I, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of things. That, I mean, you know, like a lot of people, oh, COVID, a lot of people made money on COVID. And da, da, da. I'm like, well, guess what? A lot of people made money on the Afghanistan war. I mean, come on. Look at Halliburton and, and Dick Cheney and all that. Come on. I mean, I think it's just, I think you're just, nothing's ever going to come of it. You're just going to investigate it, and then nothing's ever going to come of it, which is kind of what always happens with these sorts of things. So I really think it is just a massive waste of time. And I don't understand, I understand why they're doing it, because they want to smear a campaign for 2024, but... Again, nothing's ever going to come of it, and it's just going to be a big waste of time. So, but that is one of the things that the Republicans are saying that they want to do. They want to investigate. They want to investigate the pullout of Afghanistan. They want to investigate the Hunter Biden laptop, the COVID thing. They want to investigate uh, the uh, Biden administration, and and all. The, I mean, just going to be a waste of time. And they, they're talking. They're, they're, some of the Republicans saying they're going to impeach Biden. I'm like, yeah, for like, for what? I mean, really? I mean, all the the you know. All, all this over the, and I don't know, I think the Hunter Biden laptops is a way of them 
trying to have dirt to sling. I just, I don't think. Problem is, I don't think Biden's that. He's not that eventful of a president, and I think that is a problem because it doesn't give the Republicans a whole heck of a lot to work with for mudslinging. And I think that's kind of why they want to do all this stuff, because they want to dig up dirt so they can throw in his face in the 2024 elections. I think that's probably what most of this is. And I'm not a big fan of Biden's, but sure, let's waste taxpayer money to dig up dirt on somebody. You can try to win the elections, but you won't win anyway in 2024. Uh, I just think it's really ridiculous, and I just think it's a, a tremendous waste of time. But uh, on another note, I did want to say, uh, one of the things I did want to bring up is uh, on Netflix, there is a documentary right now that's on, um, you probably have seen it big over the, over the break, was the volcano eruption. And uh, interesting story uh, uh, about the about the survivors of this this volcano eruption. Uh, what it was is a bunch of people had went on this. Uh, they had all signed up to go check out this this volcano that was, uh, you know, I guess a, a big tourist attraction uh, in this area. And what I really think is sad about it is simply this: is you know these these people. First of all. These people signed up to go check out this volcano, not knowing that the volcano was actually at level two. Um, it didn't say anything in the release forms or the consent forms they had to sign that the volcano was at level two, uh, very active at the time, and and that it, you know. And, and I think it's really you know. You, you know, the volcanoes are supposed to be... Oh, my phone again. So, sorry about that again, folks. I apologize. Like I said, I am driving and on the go. My phone's si- my phone is silenced, but it keeps coming through the car. So, the uh, there was a level two. And this volcano... When, when volcanoes were at level two, that means they could hit level three and erupt. And I guess the... They weren't told about this that it could be a little bit dangerous because the volcano is 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 active is is more active than usual, and these people go up go on this volcano, and it erupts. Now I know when you're thinking erupting, we're not talking like lava coming up and melting and people are running to get. But what happened was the the volcano erupted, and since it had obviously. Um, you know, when volcanoes erupt, they shoot steam up, and a well, this steam cloud and this ash cloud flew by these people and basically burned. I mean, burned all these people's skin, and 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 all. I mean, people were just. I mean, left. Either they died, or um, you know, the ones that were left alive were severely injured, and these people. You know, obviously that that was most of the story, and. Uh, you know, people don't realize just, you know, when we watch these movies on on television, you know, you, you see the volcano erupting, you think the lava, the, all this kind of stuff, but the, the steam cloud and, uh, and and all that and the the, the heat and, and all that is, is really what, you know, I mean, really does did so much damage. I mean, this thing didn't even really have any lava or magma. It was just the the storm cloud that it, that it caused the the ash cloud and all. I mean, just and the steam cloud and all, you know that really um, you know really wounded these people. And then 
what's even more upsetting about this, this whole situation is um, you have people that were further away that, that were hurt but not hurt as bad. Then you have people that are uh, very, very close that were basically, um, you know, all killed except for, uh, I think, a handful of people that survived, but they had, like, burns over the majority of their body. And um, and then, you know, what, what's even worse is, you know, you have this company that um, that flies their helicopters back and forth. And, um, you know, the, the one company had a boat that they brought people back on the boat or whatever, which, you know, was great. And, you know, you had people there, the first aid train trying to help people. But... Um, and not everybody got hurt. I mean, I would say probably probably the majority of people got hurt, but some people didn't get hurt or they didn't get hurt that bad that they were, you know. And um, you had people left behind that, that, were, that were survivors that, that couldn't get off the island. And these poor people that, uh, that are left behind have no way to get off the island. And, and the, the, not our government, the... Uh, um, I forget the country it was in, but their their government decided it's not safe to send people to get these people. So these people are alive and waiting to die on the island. And lucky enough, these couple of Good Samaritan helicopter pilots um, went there, landed, and uh, were able to to get these um, you know get get these people off the island and get them onto this onto these airplane on these helicopters. And, and airlift them out of there. Unfortunately, they had to leave the dead behind. Um, I think eventually the government would go in after the volcano was interrupting and get the what you know what was left of the bodies. But um, you know, unfortunately, you can't save the dead, um, but you can save the living. And these men went there and they were able to get a handful of people, you know, that were left, that were alive, that didn't get off the island, and were able to airlift them right to the hospital. Um, and the gentleman, and I distinctly remember this from the the documentary. The guy said, well, listen, we're going to fly these people right to the hospital, which is the next town over. And they're like, no, 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 land here, and we'll have to triage them. And he's like, no, 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 you let these people down once already by basically leaving them behind. I'm not trusting you to let them down again. We're flying them directly to the uh, to the hospital, the helipads. And that's what they did. And these guys, I mean, they truly were amazing. Uh, good Samaritans that uh, I believe they saved like eight or nine lives, uh, you know. And, and that's just uh, thank God for people like that who are willing to, you know, willing to kind of step up when, when the government's not and say, hey, we're not, you know, we're not leaving people behind. You know, we, we can we can airlift these people off. We're here. We have help. You know, we're, we're you know, we're overhead. We can land and, and get these people. And, um you know the, these these people were just you know I felt really really bad for them, and uh, you know lucky enough these good friends were able to help these people. Uh, I think a lot of people did die. Unfortunately, um, burns like that are very serious. Uh, you don't actually die. I mean, you can die from the burn, but the majority of the time you don't burn. You don't die from the burn. You die from the infection, is what they always say. Um, and and you know third degree boiler burns are just unbelievably bad. And then you know these poor people, you know that. Uh, you know, it did survive now. They've got, all, you know, all the scar tissue and, you know, their skin's burned. Uh, a couple of guys, I know they were saying, one guy was saying the, 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 the finger, his, his hands don't work that well anymore because of all the damage that was done because he was covering his face. And um, they have, like, one surgery a month now just to try to relieve the, um, 
relieve the the issues they have with the skin and how they're they're trying they try to do you know uh, this this that and the other thing, but. Um, you know it's hard for them because their their skin doesn't stretch like it's supposed to because of all the burns and and how hard they have getting around and I mean it really is a really just a shame and uh, you know the one of the things they had to, you know if they had they been warned that the volcano was at level two uh, they might not have gone and you know I, you feel bad for for people like that you know especially a young couple that, that were on the show they were on their honeymoon and you know it's just a shame that you know that happens on your honeymoon you're gonna remember that forever now um and of course it's gonna always taint your you know your wedding anniversary you're always gonna think about that but uh that's you know i hate to say it, the, the least of their worries with these wounds and these injuries they have but um you know they have like one each one of them has like one surgery a month now um, to try to, to get more use of it. I mean, and there's only so much that you can do um, with injuries like that, you know. And, and some, you know, it, it's really just just a shame. And the one kid, uh, one guy, one kid that survived, he was a young kid, he lost, um, you know, his whole family. The only people that survived was him. They were close to the volcano when it erupted. He he survived, and, uh, and that was it. His festival's family died, and he managed to make it down the mountain enough to be able to get saved. And, I mean, good for him, uh, but it's, you know, it's got to be tough for him now, you know, losing your whole family, you know, and this thing, you think you're going to enjoy something, and, and here, all of a sudden, you, you, know, you end up coming back, you know, all by yourself, and it's, it's got to be uh, just heart-wrenching, tough, and unfortunately, you know, and that, this is an example of, the reason why I'm bringing this up to talk about it is, um, you know, one, it's a survival situation, obviously, but two, um, you can prep as much as you want. Sometimes, uh, fortunately, you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and I hate to say that, but, um, you know, that really is the unfortunate truth. I mean, you can be prepped as long as you want, but at the end of the day, you're sometimes just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and it's a shame. It's sad. It happens. But, um, you know, sometimes you can, like I said, you, you know, you can be prepared for as many situations as you want. You, you know, you're not going to, you know, who knew that the volcano? You can't you can't expect the unexpected sometimes, and that's why we do the best we can to prep. But um, sometimes you can't prep for everything, and and you can't be prepared for everything, especially in a situation where you're out and about like that on vacation. Um, you might not be prepared for something like that to happen. You know, it's it's really you know pretty crazy. Um, and you feel bad for the people. They went there to have a good time and to learn something and to see something they may never see again and, and have a look at what happened. So it's really a shame. It's sad. And uh, it, it is a good series, though. I, I watched it. I don't know if it's, it's a good movie. Uh, it's only about eight, about 86 minutes, I think. It wasn't even a full hour and a half. But it was, it was really watching it was really um, just eye-opening to me only because of the consent forms and the things that these people signed that they weren't really told how bad the situation was. It was basically this travel company makes money doing tours and, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to tell you, you know, everything because but we want you to go on the tour. And, you know, you release them a little liability. So if you get hurt now, you know, who do you sue for your medical bills that are going to be going going on for forever, you know? Um, 
and there were there were talks about that too that you know who, who's going to pay for all these surgeries and who's going to pay for all this and stuff we're having and you know we weren't you know if we were told about this we wouldn't have gone and you know when we were signed those release forms so I really can't sue now and and he was talking and all this I was like oh my gosh like this was just like reading this the last maybe 10-15 minutes we were talking about all the legal genre jargon and then just you know these people what they endured and what they're going to continue to endure you know years later you know it's it, it's not fair that that they can't get you know any kind of compensation for for their medical bills because they signed away you know they signed waivers you know um, and it really is just um, just just really sad that you know it's you know the, these people that like I said they they weren't. You know, they, they, you know, you gotta, really, you know, I hate to say this, but when you go to stuff like this, and it's nobody's fault. I mean, if you want to do something, you just sign the waiver, and that's you don't think about it. But, um, you know, really opened my eyes personally to when you do stuff like this, and you get hurt, who, who pays for it? Who's gonna? If something happens to you, who's gonna pay for it? Who's gonna? You know, you signed over that they're free of liability. You're doing this knowing that you could get hurt, and and now you do get hurt. And now it's all on you. And it really just, the whole situation is just uh, watching that last part was, was really uh, upsetting and depressing to me because um, stuff you, you, you know, maybe as somebody who's a prepper and, and all that kind of stuff, um, when you think about it, you sign the waiver to do this, but you're not, you're signing away more than that. And, and you're, you know, are you prepared that if something happens to you, are you prepared financially, emotionally, physically, um, you know, sign. You know, it, it, you know, being, and, and I'm not taking it away from them. It's a horrible event, but, um, you know, I really, you know, as as a prepper, or you know, when you, before you sign the release forms, maybe you need to take a second and just say, well, what what would happen to me if something happens? Um, and I know it's not not the, and I know it's not. This is a big event, but um, even just a small events. Um, you know, the other day, I, I was, I was a buddy of mine was just telling me that uh, he got hurt hunting the other day. He went out hunting, he fell, he broke his ankle, and now he's at a work for six weeks. Well, he's not going to get, um, you know, he's not, he's not going to have any income now for six weeks because he fell and he hurt his leg. And, you know, and I'm not, you know, while that's not nearly as big of an event as something like this, this kind of event was, look at this. This is a buddy of mine who goes out to go out in the woods falls and gets hurt and now he's out six weeks of money um you know same thing the other day a friend of mine you know she's out of work for a couple months because she went ice skating with the kids and and broke her leg and well she's the breadwinner now and you know and they're gonna get partial you know she's gonna get you know i think she get paid for like i think the whole time it's only like 70 percent of what they normally get or 60 percent really and that's something you got and i hate to say that but we shouldn't live our lives this way but that's something you have to think of is well if I get on this ice skating and I get hurt, what's going to happen if we, you know, if I get hurt? Who's going to who's gonna bring money into the house? Um, you know, if I go hunting today and I get hurt, um, you know, what's what's going to happen to my income? And I hate to say it, but that's unfortunately the world we're living in right now. And, uh, you know, these these events can happen. Maybe I mean, 
unfortunately, this was a large scale, and I feel bad for all these people. That, that's at a bigger scale, but even on a smaller scale, you think about stuff like, oh, crap, if I fall and get hurt, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my kids? Who's going to bring food? What, what's going to, you know? I mean, I know it's, I know it's, it's little and minor, but you know, but those little minor issues, those little minor things you think of, and I know everybody says you can't live life afraid, and, and but maybe as preppers, you need, we are, you know, we need to think. Okay, I am going to go out to the hunting today. You know, maybe you know, if and I know they're called accidents for a reason, but uh, you know, if I do get hurt, what would happen? You know what I mean? Or, or maybe. Or you know maybe I should maybe I should start thinking about putting money away so in case I get hurt I have some cushion or some nest egg you know what I mean and I know that's a tough thing to do um, or maybe maybe if you can't put money away just say okay maybe to think about our future maybe we should cut back on some of our bills if we can uh, you know to try to start thinking about saving some money or at least putting maybe $20 a week away. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but $20 a week times that by four, it's $8 a month. That's, you know, that, that times that by 12, that's, you know, almost, you know, that's almost, you know, eight $900 a, a year you're putting away. And it doesn't sound like much, but, but boy, oh boy, you get hurt and you don't have any money or, or some reason you can't work for a couple of weeks and, you know, you have that little extra money. Um, yeah, that can be different from paying a bill or not. So, um, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to be getting to uh, an area here. So, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you very much.